0: excited because I have a word that I really feel that is for this time for such a time as this and the title of my message today is your story your invitation and I've been praying over this word and I've been praying for you throughout this week and I really believe that God wants to speak to you today you know last week pastor Rebecca preached an incredible word that was titled what breaks your heart and today I just want to build upon that conversation I just want to build upon that conversation and I'm unconscious that, you know, a 20 minute message is not going to equip you for everything when it comes to sharing your story. But my prayer is that on the other side of this short time together today, that number one, that you would understand what your role is in sharing Jesus to your friends and to your family and to your co-workers. And that number two, that you would also understand the role of the Holy Spirit in this whole journey together. So as we continue today, I'd love you to get your notebooks out, get your Bible out, and we're going to be turning to Mark chapter 16, verse 15, where Jesus instructs His disciples and He says, go into all the world and preach the Gospel to everyone. So go into all the world and preach the Gospel to everyone. Sometimes I think about the question, what does it mean to preach? It wasn't, you know, the people in church go into all the world, it was everybody, all disciples, all believers to go into the world and preach. And sometimes we can be put off by the word evangelism. We, you know, we carry it kind of, you know, as a pressure. It can seem intimidating, even the word evangelism. And sometimes we categorize, I guess, our own personality types and those people who might fit better in that role. And we, and we put them into this mold of uh, that kingdom task of evangelism that we've all been assigned and we quietly kind of just leave it to them. Now, I brought in this with me today. This is one of the old kind of Tupperware shapes toys. And the purpose of this toy, its purpose was for children to identify and to organize visual information. So they identify and they organize visual information. So what they learned is that the triangle only can fit in the triangle. It cannot fit in any other part. And you might have another shape. So here's the cross, it only fits in the cross. It doesn't fit in any other space. And can I tell you that we still do that as adults. You know, we see other people's gifts. We see their talents. We see their personality types, that they might have this charismatic personality. And then we assign them to this task that God has given each one of us. We identify just like kids do. We identify and we organise these visual facts. But I guess I wanna challenge you today that not all of our thoughts are factual. You know, we've given, sometimes we even give ourselves, you know, a pass in this whole space because of the season that we're in, or because of, um, we don't feel like we have enough time or enough margin, or we don't feel like we have enough knowledge. You know, we feel inadequate when it comes to the pressure of being able to communicate the mysteries of the Bible to somebody else. And sometimes we just simply undersell the stories that God has done in our lives. We don't tell those stories of who He is and His kindness and His character and all that He has done. You know, evangelism is simply, it is simple as this. It's just telling people about Jesus. It's just telling people about Jesus. It's sharing the good news and it's telling your story. I love how Peter explains it like this in Peter 1, 1 Peter, sorry, in 1 Peter 1 verse 12, and he he talks about evangelism is that it's not the act of evangelizing that we need to worry about or that we need to concern ourselves with, but it's the good news being communicated in the act. So it's not the delivery of it. It's just the good news stories that are communicated in the act of evangelism. It's your story. It's your life. It's your time and it's your influence. I love how Pastor Angley Stanley says this, your influence is your opportunity to make the world a better place. And I love that, but I'm gonna tweak it just a little bit for today. And I'm gonna say it like this, your story, what Jesus has done and what He continues to do in your life. You know, that is your opportunity to share Jesus to a world that needs to be a better place. And not only does it need that, that it needs a saviour and that saviour is Jesus Christ. You know, we all have that person in our lives. We have that neighbor that we pass by every day outside our homes. We have that co-worker that we uh, would see in the office probably pre-COVID uh, five days a week and now we just touch base with them on Zoom. And then we have, you know, other people in our world as well, those friends that we catch up with, you know, from time to time. But the thing that is the same about all of these people in our world is that these are people who we wish that could know and could experience the love of God through Jesus. You know, deep inside, if we really take a look deep inside, we all know that this is gonna cost us something. You know, as we open up our lives and we share about our story and we share about Jesus, because we know that it takes time and it takes vulnerability and it takes sacrifice. And sometimes, you know, you might even have moments where you feel rejected, you know, is the cost of rejection, the risk of rejection. And yet that is the call that God has asked us to do, that we would share the good news of Jesus, that we would open up our lives and share the stories of what Jesus has done in our lives and we would point to Him. You know, I have people in my world too, and. Uh, I'm really intentional about the things that I do, the conversations that I have, the interactions that I have, that it would leave them with a good taste uh, in their mouth about what that experience has been as we've engaged. And I've got my neighbor, my 70 plus year old neighbor next door um, and her family. And I love that she considers me. She talks about me being one of her friends. You know, there's like a 40, I'm not going to count how many age difference, but there's a difference there. And then, you know, I have my kids, friends and their families, and I have even my own family. And like Pastor Beck spoke about last week, what breaks your heart? Well, that's what breaks my heart. The knowledge that these people in my world do not yet know and have not yet experienced the love of God through Jesus. You know, I think that we're in a really interesting time uh, particularly in history, right now, you know what has taken place in this city and across this nation has seriously pushed us uh, towards using technology like today, as we, as we, you know, are here with church online. Um, to use it to share the good news of Jesus. And I love technology, I'm all about it. I love the socials, I love engaging on there. I know that there, um, there's a purpose for it. You know, you can connect with people, you can communicate, you can encourage people, you can come alongside people, even through our socials, particularly those who are geographically distant. And Ricky and I, uh, Ricky, who was my husband, who was, you just saw just before, we had the absolute privilege of being the online campus pastors here. You know, our heart is for people and all, all people, all people are loved by Jesus. But you know, I don't think that technology is the only answer or is a replacement for what we've been called to do to share the good news of Jesus. And I think that it comes down to the one, the one the where God has placed you for such a time as this. As I came across a quote recently by Pastor Louis Giglio, and he says this, that together, you know, when you gather together, church is in one place, but to scatter when people are scattered, that's when church is everywhere. I'm gonna say it again, I love it. When we're gathering, when we have gatherings, that we are church in one place, but then scattering, when we're scattered, like we are now, not, not by any choice of our own, there is power in that and we can be the church absolutely everywhere. So we're going to go back to Mark 16, verse 15 and have a look at at the scripture there. And what does the word preach mean? Now, as I did my studies and was praying for this message, I I learned a lot about the context and, and when it was written and what was written, but in particular, the words that Jesus chose. The word preach comes from the word, the Greek word, Caruso. It means to proclaim, it means to declare, it means to, an, to, to announce, you know, to herald a message. And then the person who delivers that message, they are the, K, the K, let me just get it right, the Greek word for it is kerouks, which is the preacher, the spokesman, the messenger. And I hope that you're seeing the parallels uh, that I'm trying to show you today. That kerouks, that's you and I. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20, it says this, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You know, what I'm doing right now as I'm sharing, you know, as I'm preaching, you know, it has a place and it is incredible privilege. But can I tell you that the sole purpose? of of this, you know, of preaching this platform here is to equip you, it's to encourage you. The whole purpose of it is to inspire you, to, to help you to step out of the nest, to move forward in all that God has called you to do and all that He has called you to be. And particularly for that one, for that one person that God has put in your world, whether it's in your circle of friends, whether it's in your high school or your university or your family or your sporting club, whatever it might be, God has put someone in your world. You know, everything that we say and that we do, it preaches and it communicates something about Jesus. Now, the first point for today that I'd like you to jot down is this. Point number one is position. Now, as some of you may know, I recently stepped off uh, staff here at Life EC and felt like led by the Holy Spirit to step into a new role um, for, for this next season. And this week coming up is week three uh, of me working in the private sector and quite a large uh, multinational organization. And can I just say this whole experience has made me a little bit nervous, a bit scared. Um, You know, I was excited because I knew that the Holy Spirit was leading away, but I was nervous about a whole heap of things. I was nervous about the unknowns. I was nervous about the people that I was gonna be working with. Um, I was nervous about uh, my capabilities. You know, I knew that what I would bring to the table and that what I would contribute to a team was gonna represent Jesus. In Romans 12, verse one, it says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You know, God positions each one of us in different spaces and places for different seasons in order for us to connect, to influence, to reach, and to have personal impact for those people in those different spaces. I'm going to say that one more time. God positions each one of us in spaces and places, so where we work, where we do life, where we are socialized, well probably more socialized on Zoom these days, but the people that we engage in for different seasons. Sometimes you're in that in that space and then other times he moves you to a different space. You know, I feel that's happened to me and the people that I get to, to be around and influence. And he does that in order so that we can connect, in order so we can influence, in order so that we can reach and in order so we can have a personal impact. We can share our story. We can personally engage and have those conversations to, to make a difference in those people's lives in those different spaces. He positions us and he believes in us and he equips us. I love how in Ephesians 2 it says this for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ to do good works, which God has prepared for us in advance to do. And he already knows the stories that you have, he knows the testimonies that you have, he knows the challenges that you have personally walked through. And He knows that if they were shared, if you shared your stories, that it would impact and change the lives of someone else as you point to Jesus so that they too can know and experience the love of God. And I love how in Psalms 37 verse 23, it says this, the Lord directs the steps of the godly and He delights in every detail of their lives. He he directs the steps of the godly. And I'm just going to put it out there today. Can I put it out that God is all about the coordinates when it comes to our relationships? He's all about those coordinates. You know, He leads us with our stories, with our testimonies and with the challenges that we've walked through with Him. And then He puts us onto a path of someone else who needs to hear that story, who needs to be encouraged and needs hope and life to be spoken into them. It's really cool what he's doing. He's a he's God of coordinates. So we're gonna get back to unpacking Mark 16. So in Mark 16, verse 15, it says this again, Jesus instructed the believers go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone. You know the mission that Jesus gave the apostles sounded probably so crazy back then. Probably like you know blew their mind, was beyond their comprehension, and probably you know maybe not so much a day, You know at the touch of a button on your phone, you can connect with anyone across the globe. And even yesterday, we were on a Zoom and we celebrated uh, the first birthday of one of our friends, Richie and Taufa, and and uh, of their little girl uh, baby Alarina, and. On this Zoom, people connected in from across the globe, from Canberra to Sydney, to Queensland, to New Zealand, to California, and we're able to celebrate. You know, we have this technology now. But back then, they didn't. Back then, they didn't, and this was huge. It was seemingly impossible. But Jesus knew that there was power in those one-on-one relationships as people connected with one another and they shared the stories of what Jesus had done in their lives, and He knew that it would spread. You know, these followers, when I think about these followers that Jesus had, his disciples, you know, they were an interesting group of people who were, who had really a lot of limitations, just individually, their own personalities, their own struggles, their own challenges. They're far from perfect, which is kind of encouraging to me. I feel like, you know, if Jesus can use them, then Jesus can use me. And even just two chapters earlier in Mark. Um, we are drawn back to this moment of crisis where um, just before Jesus was going to be in front of the trial with Pilate, before his crucifixion, Peter had denied Him three, t- three times and, you know, most of the t- disciples had disappeared, you know, they've bailed. And even though before this, Jesus had communicated and tried to, sh- to tell them about the eternal impact of what was happening and, and to kind of let them in on, king- on the kingdom's secrets, the heavenly secrets of what was taking place, they didn't get it and they didn't understand. And then most of them bailed, they just watched from afar. And yet these are the same individuals that Jesus chose to fulfill His mission, His mission just to reconnect and to love on humanity again, to connect God and humanity. Jesus chose them and Jesus positioned them too. My point number two for today is presence. I love this quote from Gillian Cameron and she says this, we must receive from God first, before we are sent by God. We must receive from God before we are sent by God. And I love this illustration as I had done on my research, um, just even on this one scripture around the word preach. And this position, the position of the k the messenger, it was viewed as the most esteemed, the most privileged, uh, the most highest and noble position in the whole kingdom for this one reason, that his position gave him routine access to the king, his position gave him routine access to the king. You know, when the king wanted to give a message to his people, he would summon the messenger and then the the messenger would come into his throne room and he would come with a writing instrument and he would also come with a piece of paper. And then he would spend the time to carefully and so, so very accurately pen down the communication that the king wanted to give to his people. The messenger needed to understand exactly what it was that the king wanted to say on a whole heap of different issues. And it was also equally important, it was equally important that not only did he get the words right in this communication, but these words, the way that the king conveyed his heart, the emotions, the sentiment, All of that also had to be captured as he was writing this down. And then he was sent out to deliver the message, not just the words that the King had said, he was also going to convey the King's heart. I love how Bob Goff says this, that we will never be like Jesus if it is more important for us to be like him. Each other. We're never going to be like Jesus if it's more important for us, if we keep our eyes on other people. So how do we be like Jesus? And how do we hear the heart of the King, the heart of God? Well, it's about His presence. We just spend time in His presence. You know, we take time in our day, you know, get involved in the weekly devotions. We spend time reading our Bible. We pray, we talk to Him and we listen. You know, when we put time aside to hear Him, He will speak to us and He'll convey His heart. I love this quote by John Bunton, and it says this, you can do more than pray after, the you, after you have prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. So you can do more than pray after you have prayed, but you can't do more than, more than pray until you have prayed. You know, we can have a heart for others, You know, we can uh, love our neighbour and and show them acts of kindness, but we need to be praying for them as well. And we would encourage you to to think about the people that God has impressed upon your heart and the people that God has put in your life. Who are those people? You know, are you listening to what God is saying? Who are those people that God wants you to pray for? Who are your people? You know, we need to be listening to what Jesus is saying about not just who they are, but what's going on in their world and, and how can we, through our story, speak life and hope into each one of their lives. My point number three today is this, it's purpose. You know, our sole purpose, our sole purpose is to know God. And our role in God's kingdom, in the bigger picture, in the big scheme of things, our role is just to simply make Him known. You know, one of the reasons why people don't want to communicate this story or, you know, evangelize this term that we often feel very challenged by is that they don't feel qualified. You know, at times I know that I haven't felt qualified, but it doesn't have to be complicated. It just doesn't have to be complicated. It can be as simple as an invitation. And we're going to we're going to keep looking at the screen and we're going to watch a clip and I encourage you just to stay tuned.
1: Perfect. Yes. We all have that person in our lives. That neighbor we pass by every day outside our homes. That coworker we see at the office five days a week. Or those friends we catch up with every once in a while people we wish could know and experience the love of god how do we share it where do we even start deep inside we know that it will cost us something to open up our lives and share our faith it takes time vulnerability sacrifice the risk of rejection But this is our call to open our lives and to share Christ with the people close to us. Because it's only through opening your life up that spaces for honest conversations are possible. Spaces where people can truly be themselves and explore the deepest parts of life with people they know and trust. That's why we're running Alpha. It's a course over several weeks where you can invite your friends to explore life's biggest questions over a meal. It's a chance for you to invite that person into an honest conversation about faith. Because when it's hard to find the moment or the words or the courage, you can simply invite. Alpha, who will you invite?
0: Well, how great was that clip? And we are running Alpha here at Life You See and it's kicking off on October 7th, which is actually next week. So can I encourage you to start thinking about who you can invite? You know, can I just say that the best way to show others that Jesus is real is to show Him that He is real in your own personal life, through your story. You know, we don't have to be supernatural or spectacular in the way that we communicate our story or share share something about our lives. we just have to trust that Jesus is extraordinary. He really is. Now, I got this book out when I knew that I was successful uh, in this new job that I'm in. And uh, I can have a look, it's called Tactics. It's titled Tactics and it says this, a game plan for discussing your Christian convictions. Now, I was pretty stoked when I found this you know, in our cupboards, I found I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. And I would be ready for any conversations that would come my way in this new environment. And I'm going to equip myself uh, so that I'm going to get people thinking about Jesus if the conversation arises. And it sounded really good, yeah. And it sounded like I was prepared and that was being intentional. But then I realized this about myself. That's not really the way that I naturally share my story or how I share about the good news of Jesus. You know, for some people, the apologetics, they're so great. I know that Pastor Layton, he is phenomenal in that space, but not me. That's not really something that is me. You know, some people are so eloquent when they speak. And I know that I have a tendency when I'm put on the spot or particularly if I'm asked a question, even if I've prepared, I just fumble my words. Even though I've prepared, even though I've put everything in, that's just what I do. I fumble my words, but I'm getting okay with that. And I am really encouraged by what Peter says uh, back as as we remembered earlier on, that it's not the act of evangelizing. It's not the delivery. It's good news. It's what you share. It's the content. It's your story that has so much power. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1 17 for Christ did not send me to baptize but to preach the gospel not with wisdom and eloquence lest the cross of Christ be empty of its power. You know, Paul, the apostle that we know from the Bible, he was very eloquent and very well-spoken. And he certainly had a lot of depth and a lot of wisdom when he presented the message of Jesus. You know, back in the day, uh, one of the values of that particular era was rhetoric. You know, speeches that were recognised for their brilliant use of words or, or the way to phrase things to wow an audience. Yet Paul didn't try to use his words to persuade people to come to faith in Jesus you know, just because of a dazzling wordplay. He didn't do any of that. And you know, this week as a part of our weekly devotions, we're gonna be zoning in on one aspect of Paul's ministry. Can I encourage you to do the devotion? It's called Build Relationships, Make Disciples. And you know, to Paul's friends, to his friends and to his families and to his co-workers, he presented the gospel as clearly as possible. And he did it through this, with his life, with his consistency, with his words, And with his example, is that how he shared the good news of Jesus and the message that he shared with them, he kept it simple for them. And what he did was he just compelled them with the facts and the stories and the eyewitnesses and the personal testimonies of what had taken place. The fact that Jesus died for them and that he wanted to pay for their sin and for his this Jesus that that knew them. This Jesus that loved them. This Jesus had a plan and a purpose for their life. Now this powerful message doesn't need to be and shouldn't require any dazzling of packaging to have an impact in someone in your world. It doesn't need all of that. And Jesus never said that spreading the gospel would be easy. It requires something from us. It costs us but it is going to be one of the greatest acts of compassion that you can show anybody in your world. You know, your story and your invitation is exactly what the world needs. You know, over the last past minutes, I've been encouraging you and, and hopefully inspiring you to share your story and to tell someone about what Jesus has done in your life. This Jesus that knows you, this Jesus that loves you, this Jesus that really does have a plan and a purpose for your life. And so in these last moments, as I share this message today, I just want to invite you to think about what your current relationship with Jesus is like. And you know, If you're here for the first time joining us online, this might be a strange thought. You know, what is my relationship with Jesus? Um, Well, you might not have one yet. And I'd love to be able to talk to you about that. But you might be here today and this is something that you've done in the past. Um, And you know that you just want a fresh start. You want a fresh start. You want to start again and kick off in your relationship with Jesus. One of the most amazing things that I love about my relationship with Jesus is that He is a God of fresh starts and new beginnings. He really is. And He is here because He wants to have a real and a tangible relationship with you. And there is nothing that you can do to separate you from the love of God. He loves you and He knows you, no matter where you're joining in from today. It doesn't matter if you're with a room of people or you're sitting there by yourself. He knows you and He loves you. He does, He loves you. You know, trust me, I have thought I've tested all the extents of God's love um, over my time. You know, all my mistakes and all my wrong choices, my lack of judgment, sometimes my willingness to choose to sin um, and do the wrong thing. You know, my flaws and my pain, my faults and the questions that I have, um, I constantly am bringing them to God. But then there's my desire for new beginnings, my desire to maintain that relationship with Him. you know, my heart to take some steps forward, knowing that I probably will take some steps back, But He is with me every single step of the way. I love that. He is with me every part of the way. You know, that's just part of my story. It's not a journey that was straight. It's a journey that has its ups and downs. And yet every single step, I walk with my friend and my Saviour, Jesus Christ. And maybe another time I can share a little bit more about the story. There's so many times where things have gone wrong or I've done the wrong thing and yet my Saviour, my Jesus brought me back on the path and He brought freedom and He brought healing in my life.